extra, extra lawyer talk, reading all about it, hearing all about it. Uh, this is the most ever popular news extra Friday quick release out of lawyer talk. We've been doing this now, what guys, about uh, a month and a half now? Yeah, I think people really like it. This is, it's, uh, it's blowing up. We're getting a lot of downloads on it. Yeah. And we just sort of, of uh, pick a few stories that uh, tickle our fancy and yeah, rock so and roll. get our thoughts. Uh, so I, I think we should be uh, intellectually honest about this. This is probably not the place to get breaking headline news about what's going on with the traffic patterns in your city or breaking headline news uh, that you might find on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, or any of those other big boys. See, this is real. Fair and balanced. This is real fair and balanced news reporting based on our perception of right and wrong and, and, yeah. and news nonsense. So with that self-deprecating intro... <laughs> Let's jump right into it. Lawyer talk off the record. What's the first story, Steve? We'll throw it to you. Well, you, you got know, a story? It's funny. I was driving. I picked up my kids at school the other day and uh, driving home. Hey, Dad, did you hear that Trump gave hamburgers to the Clemson National Championship football team? I said, yeah, I did hear that. I did hear that. This is fascinating to me because whether you love Trump, whether you hate Trump, whether you don't care about Trump, whether you think that whether you're drawing your social cues from Trump or whether you, you're, you're learning what not to do from Trump, you know, there is some legitimate, I think, it, it, look, Trump can be easy fodder for the comedians at times. I, I probably got four separate text pictures of can you believe this? What do you think my response to it's going to be, Jared? Yes, I believe it. No, but like, well, so here's like the, his, his choice to do that. So here's he the, loves McDonald's. He feels he feels safe with McDonald's. He's he, American, right? He, well, no, he's always had a fear of being poisoned. Like it's, for, for hey, a long it's, time. It's trusted. He, is he, that right? Tried, yes. tried and, and true. And that's why he eats so much McDonald's. Is that he always felt that that was the safest place to get his food. That. This is I am being serious. On I wonder this. if he throws the buns but away. But then, if people know that. Let's just infiltrate the well, McDonald's. Well, because there's so many McDonald's, you send, you send a stranger in to buy three Big Macs. Yeah, that's true. Or if you get them. three trays up there, hey, do you mind if I switch sandwiches with you? So, so even before he was, he was, he was president, was, he was worried about being poisoned? Yes, before he was president, hmm. for, so, for numbers of years. You got to remember, man, that statue, you have to be worried about being poisoned. You have to be worried about being kidnapped. Yeah. yeah. Those things happen. It's just because everybody thinks he has money, so they try to do something to him. Yeah, he's a target. All right. Well, I guess that makes sense. Well, here's the story. I mean, just so before we get too far into it, uh, it turns out there's this government shutdown. Shutdown. I guess the government workers are taking an extra long holiday and everybody's blaming Trump for it. Unless yeah. you're on the Trump side, then you're blaming uh, the Dems and Pelosi and crew for it. But either way, there's a government shutdown. We got to get to the airplane story, by the way. That's uh, I can't I can't leave that be. But uh, this government shutdown has been going on. And it turns out that uh, it is tradition Sort of. I don't know when it started. I asked my kids to. to I tried it. to find it. I don't know. If anybody knows, like, past presidents, what they've done at this. Text us in, yeah. Let I don't us know. know. Or email us. Yeah. OhioLegalDefense.com slash podcast. Call Jeff. 
I was like Obama. I was like typing in like Obama Clinton national championship dinner. And I, I just I remember couldn't find anything. you always see like the Heisman guy or some. Anyway, so there's a, I there's think Forrest Gump they gave him Dr. Peppers. Dude, we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. that. All, all, so all, all the Dr. Peppers you could get. I yeah. think that's yeah. what he got. Yeah. That was with Nixon, right? Must, must have had me fourteen Dr. Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns so Nixon, out that there's Dr. a Pepper. there's this thing that's going on now where the national college the, the college national championship team or gold medal winner or whatever it is they go meet the Prez for some uh, fine dining. Well, there's a government shutdown, and among the people that I guess aren't going to work are the gourmet chefs at the White House. That means when you're going to invite a bunch of uh, of beefed-up college football players for dinner, you got nobody to cook it. And, Jared, they didn't call you. Are those cooks really out? Like, how could that be? Is he just eating out every night? Or maybe he's eating just— Eating McDonald's. Maybe he yeah. just allocated. Dude loves fast food, man. He's probably eating KFC <laughs> and Big Macs, man, and Nuggets. Pizza. So he's tightening his belt just like everybody else. He's going to give the cooks a break, and he's going to supply his own dinner. Well, what's he do? Goes to the fast food restaurants. What was it? It was Wendy's, McDonald's, and Domino's. It was Wendy's, it was McDonald's. Uh, there was pizza. I think there was chicken nuggets. Uh, maybe I even heard Panera Bread. I don't know. So he and, and then then in his own braggadocio fashion, he says, "There's a miles worth of hamburgers here. I've spent three thousand dollars, or there, there's all these, there's a miles worth of hamburgers." Well, guess what? Here's my problem with this: the media goes crazy. They bash him, they bludgeon him, and they criticize him. Oh, Burger King, Wendy's, McDonald's, for supplying a cheap fast food dinner for the Clemson team, and then they're citing these tweets and all this other all this other stuff. And here's my problem. Like I said, when we started, it's like there's plenty of stuff that you can bat. Like if you don't like Trump, all you got to do is wait, and he's going to say something that offends somebody, and then you can have some, uh, you can do whatever you want. But when you start picking on people for stuff that I think really doesn't matter, then it loses credibility. So it's like who cares if the president gave him fast food? In fact, I might not even care if, they, if the president gave these kids fast food uh, and they had gourmet chefs. And my sons were like, well, Dad, I asked him, I said, what would you guys want if, the, if you got to go eat as a wrestling team or football team of the president? And they're like, and you know, my, my 12-year-old says this. Well, I wouldn't want to, like, sit with my back straight and have to, like, wipe the corners of my mouth after every bite and, and sit there. That would be really awful. I would hate that. Uh, well, I, what would you want to eat? Pizza. Wings. Chicken wings. So burgers. People couldn't, what, what, what I, that's what I understand. They, I, my my, I got a text from my brother. I had my wife comment about it, like, just wasn't agreeing that that was an appropriate meal. And I said, well, what is he, like, what is he to serve? You know what I mean? It's like, I I I try very. Everybody knows here. I don't like Trump, but I try very hard to look at things fairly. And I think he's totally getting razzed for no reason for this. When I watch the videos of it. I, they had nothing but smiles. They had a great time. People were stacking up two, three, four sandwiches, running around. It's like, yeah. I mean, they're having a blast. I had a. I got to read this quote. It, I, 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 yeah. I, I won't use the bad language, but um, I'll sort of censor it a little bit. But when I saw it, I, I couldn't help but laugh. So this is a kid that's carrying a bunch of sandwiches away, and this guy said, "quote unquote," if you think for one moment that a college football team is unhappy about eating Big Macs in the White House with our billionaire president who Fs porn stars, you probably never played a real sport. <laughs> <laughs> what a quote. It's like, well, it's like 
I'm not funny. trying to be vulgar, but I mean, no, I, I, I mean picking I'll on. I'll eat a Big Mac in the White House. Yeah, if I, I got I, invited I, to the White House and they're like, oh, remember Big Macs, Clinton? I would, they used well, to the, follow Clinton uh, through the McDonald's drive-through. He was a fan. The, the, yeah, I mean, they would follow Clinton getting eaten his Big Macs and then go jogging for 20 miles to try to burn it off. He did. He should have hung up. They, they be, yeah. SNL joked on that all the time. Yeah, they did. So here's what's funny. Is I guess that, what upset me the most about it is you could totally see how they could spin it. So like, let's say Obama is there and he does the same thing. That can be spun like, look at how he's welcoming these kids into this to, this place, but he wants them to be comfortable and relaxed and have a good time. And right. so we're just getting, just getting the food that we all, I mean, I was raised on that kind of crap. You know getting, what I mean? He's getting folksy with yeah, the football team. You know Instead, I mean? like, Trump is being a cheap ass. Now, what's what's funny is this. the the So he Trump is known here and there to speak with a little hyperbole, meaning he exaggerates. <laughs> Get out of here. Tremendously. I think that's his, one of his favorite words. Tremendous. Tremendous. But anyway, I guess he made some comments like, there's a mile-high stack of burgers here. Well, the Wall Street Journal actually does this. They, so here's what's funny. There's real-time fact-checking of everything Trump says. And look, I don't care that you fact-check the president. I don't really don't. But it's never ha- I've never seen it before, and you can't tell me that none of these other presidents were lying either. But anyway, or exaggerating. But I guess this was fact-checked. And it would somebody, I guess, in the Wall Street Journal said... Uh, actually printed look at this nonsense trump said it was a mile high it would take x number of burgers to actually stack them up to a mile it's like it's not a fair criticism it's stupid so pick the stuff that you're right about yeah right pick the the stuff he's doing wrong pick what real criticism now hold on does somebody got their device because here's the other thing i heard and drew told me this my son he says well and i actually asked him so now uh, here's how this comes out apparently there are now actors and other celebrities offering to buy the Clemson football team a real meal, not just a cheap, chintzy fast food meal, but a real one. And the problem, it's like, so I, I was sitting about this thing, and I was like, I said, son, I said, boys, you got to ask yourself a question. Do you think, or I would wonder how many times that these particular celebrities, if this is true, offered before to buy any football team, any sports team, anybody else in the world a real meal? Do they really give a crap about what these guys had to eat? Or are they trying to make a statement uh, and use this as uh, some lever against the president? Uh, and again, this is gonna, we're going to sound like we're all like uh, trumpeters. but No, I mean, I, I think he does it too. Trump does it too. You know what I mean? It's like that's the world we live in with politics and everything else. It's like everybody sure. tries to just one-up each other. You know what I mean? And, and right. it's, it's like, I bet, I bet these celebrities didn't even watch a football game, let alone care what they had for dinner can, can at the White House. These, these guys, they're going to grow up. They're going to probably have jobs. It's I like, mean, what not, if their steak was overcooked? Do you think they'd go get them like a medium <laughs> rare one? But in, but, but in general, you know, a lot of them are not going to go on to the NFL. I mean, I'm sure a, a, a good chunk of them are, but. Dude, they're gonna be like have kids someday, and this has turned into such a fiasco. Oh, it's it's awesome. like I was at the White House with Trump, and I had a big mag. I, did, I didn't huge realize it was a story. fiasco. I did. I, I had seen some, some clips just, of it. There's or, a new article about it every day. What does it say? Cause, cause, I, I was like, I'm not gonna read this article because that's what. What does it say about how? You that's know, nonsense news. It, it, it. You know what it says about that's something great to news. me? That's it, lawyer talking. This news, tells dude. me that crap in our country may not be that bad. I mean, if we're gonna have to devote all this time. All this time to what the kids ate at the White House after winning a national championship football game, some complete domestic blissful situation, then, you know, maybe it's not that bad. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but this spins into our other other topic because just like they're trying to get Trump, I don't know when you guys said plain earlier, uh, when they're they're trying to get Trump here, Trump made a sort of 
fired a shot back at Nancy recently. Is that what you guys were going to talk about? about when he grounded the so yeah. Nancy Pelosi says, oh, "Come on, what did she say to him?" Uh, I can read the letter, but it was something. It was something along the lines of, "Due to the government shutdown, I'm sure you will understand that your um, vacation." He basically put it at because it was just a handshaking trip for seven days is not going to happen. We're grounding the planes. I'd rather have you here in the White House in Washington talking to me and trying to figure out this so that we can all come to this agreement you on the southern you border. you got to read the letter. It just drips with yeah, sarcasm. That's what, it, but, I, but I think in fairness to him, there's a letter that she drafts to him explaining oh, uh, but, that, yeah, right. that he shouldn't do the, right. the State of the Union. Yeah, she says, she says, so here's the story, Jared. She says, it, it, she, started, it started with the State of the Union. She, she said, said no to the State of the Union, security problems cost too much. Well, it's not her, it's not her call, right? So she says, I think it's best that we not do yeah. a State of the Union. So we don't want to hear you, Mr. President, because of the shutdown. Well, he's like, well, that's cool. I appreciate your opinion on that. By the way, your trip to wherever you're yeah. going, I'm going to ground you. All right, so here's what he wrote. It's two paragraphs. Due to the shutdown, I am sorry to inform you that your trip to Brussels, Egypt, and Afghanistan has been postponed. We will reschedule this seven-day excursion when the <laughs> shutdown is over. In light of the 800,000 great American workers not receiving pay, I am sure you would agree that postponing this public relations event is totally appropriate. I also feel that during this period, it would be better if you were in Washington negotiating with me and joining the strong border security, all caps, well, at least the first part, SBNS, movement to end the shutdown. Obviously, if you like to make your journey to, now this is the best part, obviously, if you would like to make your journey by flying commercial, that would certainly be your prerogative. I look forward to seeing you soon and even more forward to watching our open and dangerous southern border finally receive the attention, funding, and security it so desperately deserves. He didn't ask for the wall, did he? I never believed that he actually wanted Does he a not wall. like it? Yeah, is he not like it? It's almost like he's spinning off. He's starting to say well, border I, security I, down there now. Well, that's good because I never, I, I remember people, whenever he was running for election, they were like, he's the, the wall, the wall. I said, that's metaphoric. I was like, he's meaning the, the border, the wall. I didn't, I never, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he really does mean a wall. He I don't believe wall, he ever initially. Yeah. Maybe he's backing off now. I don't well, know. he shouldn't really mean a wall, but he's got, he's got, he's got wiggle room either way. Now he did. I saw this press conference yesterday, or I think it was yesterday where he's being asked these questions about, uh, what's he doing? And he, he gave this, uh, the tremendous, a bunch of tremendouses he throws in. And then he's like, he says, we need a wall. The only way for the only way it's ever going to work for millions and millions of years, if we build a wall, either steel, concrete, or some sort of wall, you know, he was sort of he was talking about a physical structure. And then the 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 the, the uh, press guy, the reporter, was was pressing him like, well, why don't you because of the standoff, why don't you just sign these other things, funding this, this, and this? Now Trump's rhetorical response: Would you? <laughs> would you sign this? Because I tell you, if you would, that would be a horrible, awful decision if you were to sign. <laughs> It's like, so oh gosh, I guess this to, guy. to bring this 360, it's like you get Pelosi, who's sort of striking wise with the president about the State of the Union. You get Trump, who's striking wise back. Now, first of all, the one guy you don't want to trade verbal lashings with is Trump. He'll never stop, right? It won't stop. That, it's like the one way to win with somebody like that is you don't engage because it's all nonsense anyway. You don't need to have trade sarcastic wit with Trump. Yeah. And you think as a president, he he's going to care what you know what the blurb on the news is? He doesn't. He doesn't. Right? <laughs> he so just. Th he just. This is like when you pick a fight with somebody, and you're just going to fight him. 
Well, he's the dude that goes into his car and grabs the the freaking log chain and starts swinging it at you, right? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't back down, right? Yeah. So he's not going to stop, and it solves nothing to trade witty insults with each other. So move on, everybody. <laughs> what know? was that report about a month ago where he was like, you're wrong, you're wrong, <laughs> you're a horrible reporter, next question, you're horrible too. <laughs> like, oh, and I, I, I don't put much credit in your newspaper yeah, either. Yeah, right, so. right. <laughs> it's like he goes on and on. All right, changing topics. What do you got, JB? Anything good? I do have some things good. I got some good things here in, in the car world. I know that, uh, Palmer, you're a fan of, uh, of Dodge, aren't you? I do. I drive a Dodge Ram 1500. <clears throat> now, have you heard about the, uh, the new uh, the, the, the Elephant crate engine they got coming out? Uh, I have heard about You've this. You've heard yeah. the I, I have read this, it's, yes. Uh, like in, in 1964, they were coming out with the 426 uh, Hemi crate engine. Uh, they're coming out right now with the Elephant. This is a uh, 1,000 horsepower 426 Hemi crate engine. Now they've like got called the Elephant. The Elephant. So like that a is a great or, name. It's the, it's the Elephant. Now before they had the Demon crate engine, which was or like the Demon, yeah, which was, yeah. was uh, seven hundred thousand. I mean, it's not seven hundred thousand. Seven uh, hundred horsepower, which was just an amazing crate engine. But now this one has a thousand, and it also has what is it here? Nine hundred and fifty pounds of torque. Nine. So is anybody who's good? into like I'm, I'm, I'm like a <laughs> no. like an under amateur. Don't know much at all gearhead, but I love muscle cars. Always have, and I got one. I got a couple, but it's like uh, this is these are astronomical numbers. So back in the old days, like if you had a GTO, you might get 360 horsepower, and that's that's not at the wheels. That's at the that's at the um, a NASCAR is 700 horsepowers. Yeah, and now they're getting that. That's at the wheels. I mean, that's what's hitting the road is yeah. that kind of horsepower getting, and, yeah, and foot pound of torque. Now that right there, so it's it's also designed plug and play. For pre-1976 old-school muscle cars and off-road vehicles. So, Jeff, a crate motor is you go buy a motor in a crate, and you put it in your car. And they sell kits, like, to adapt the old cars to fit this motor, or vice versa. All you need on this is the wiring harness and a n new alternator. Interesting. And uh, they've got different brackets. You'll, you can say what's going in, but they're about universal. So, I mean, you want to put it in a 74 Camaro, game on. You want to put it in a Charger Mustang. Now, they, when they debuted it at the Detroit Auto Show, they put it in a 1969 concept car that they had built, that they had shelled. So this was a concept car, one of the futuristic cars they made in 1969. Right. And it was, a, it was a kind of a beefed-up Challenger. And they put this in it, this car. Oh, man, you got to look at it. It's amazing. I'll have to check it out. And so right there. Now, with that amount of torque, if you put that in a Jeep that has all-wheel drive, Get on it. Take it to the track. Now, right now, if you want to go race, you want to build a race car, you want to go to the drag strip, this is it right here. Find something yeah. but before 1976. But you can't do much more of that, though. So here's the problem. Now, I, I, look, I, I've had conflict. I've had love. I've had hate. I've had whatever it is with your parents. We all have, right? Through your teenage years, you, you fight with your parents. You do whatever. I had an ongoing debate with my parents. Like, I really wanted a muscle car. Yes. Now, I didn't have any concept of how I was going to earn enough money or do anything. I mean, it's like whatever it was, but I really wanted that, which is really mean to say I wanted them to give me that. And, you know, you, you quickly realize when the answer is no and you can have your team, whatever, you're not going to, I didn't get it. And uh, not that I was deprived of much, but that was not on the list of things that my parents saw important. Now, here's what's interesting. I, I, I had that in my head now for years and years and years and years. And finally, when I'm an adult and I've earned my own living and I can do what I want with my money, I buy myself a muscle car. I buy myself a hot rod. And the second that I drove it away after being worked up and restored and everything else, 
I realized now I understand why I wasn't allowed to have this 1968 Pontiac GTO convertible with a souped up Pontiac 400 uh, Ram Air 4 motor in it when I was 16 years old because it's almost impossible to drive on that. It's like you couldn't even, if I had to take that to school in the snow, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have even gotten out of the driveway. I mean, so what you're talking about with this torque here is it is almost not roadworthy. It's a seven liter V8 with a three liter supercharge, 15 pounds of boost. Now, if you had that and put that into an off-road vehicle, into a Bronco, into a, you, you could, you could do some massive, I mean, because that, that torque. You, I mean, if you want to get yeah. into a rock crawler. Right, if you get I the mean, right you, gear you, in the rear end. If and you so, and build maybe, it up yeah. right, if you want to build a race car, you can put that What's in What's the price it. tag? They haven't released the price tag. I'm sure it's cheap, a couple hundred bucks here or there. And then uh, Cadillac will be taking over General Motors uh, electric car division. They're going to be flagshipping it and going there. I've been wondering what they were going to do when they were getting rid of my sedans. And I called this in an earlier show. I said, we're going to go to gas guzzlers and electric. So they're used, General Motors is given given their whole project over to Cadillac to start releasing it. They will be released now. I guess that's 2022. They had a rendering. We all know what renderings look like. The only person that I know sounds like when you have a bunch of fat after cooking your uh, pork shoulder. No, like like a drawing. Oh, I got you. You know, a drawing there of I, the car. Being smart ass. But the only time I've ever seen anybody produce a car that they drew is Chip Foose. Oh yeah, and the, on now, that show. He, yeah, he, What's he that, draws. That show he, yeah, like overhauling. Overhauling. Yeah. Well, or any of his before overhauling yeah, his, his cars. Concept, yeah. He draws that, and man, he builds it. It yeah. looks just like it. You always see these concept drawing cars, but and you, then when they build it, it's like, well, it looked really cool there, but now it's a Ford Pinto. But you don't know. I mean, that's just show production. What if he's drawing it afterwards to match what they built? No, that's that's kind of his style. That's his that's his deal. Fair I enough. don't know, man. Reality TV, dude. You never know, man. This I'm talking preview before reality. I'm just TV. kidding. Yeah, like yeah. you went sat in his office before is. then. He was like an old Boyd Coddington yeah. guy. There's yes. like any hot riders. Yes. That's sort of an interesting story, but probably not one for lawyer talk. But so that's just a little something right there. So anybody wants to go out there and beef up their van, I said this would be good in an all-wheel drive van. Throw that bad boy in. Oh man. So speaking of, we're going to change topics, freedom of religion, the First Amendment. So I've got this. this speaking is the, of it. No. You see, speaking of it. It's not even a subtle transition, is it? Right? It's just a quick. So speaking of freedom of speech, we've got this Bill of Rights here. It's the book that we're, we're all studying here at Lawyer Talk. And I'm in my third read, so, so I, I'm clear before I make comments. Yeah. Well, the First Amendment talks about freedom of religion, and Miley Cyrus apparently is really going out on a limb to exercise her rights to worship Satan. Let me say that again. Miley Cyrus is coming out as a Satan worshiper. If this story is true, and I can only what? think it is. You didn't hear this? No, he, he I didn't sent hear it, this He sent one. it to you. Oh, you I, sent I, it to I me? Should have she left her followers oh, shocked. I always thought he was sending me Trump stuff, so I didn't open it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> right, Miley Cyrus. She left her followers shocked and confused after advising her young fans to, quote, worship Satan if they want to become, quote, rich and famous like their heroes. The former Hannah Montana star. This is like the Faustian uh, Miley Cyrus, but... Uh, the former Hannah Montana star left a group of fans bewildered after passing on the, quote, pearls of wisdom, end quote, when asked about, when asked for tips on how to gain success in the industry. Uh, following filming the NBC TV talent show, The Voice, on which Cyrus is one of the that judges. Was like Hannah Montana or something. <laughs> a flock of young admirers gathered outside the stage, hoping to catch a glimpse of their idol. Uh, and, hey, Miley, do you have any advice for any of all your fans that might want to follow in your footsteps and become a star? I mean, you might think she would say hard work. Uh, I got I, I think I no. know what happened here. Uh, no, no. If you want everything that I have, then all you have to do is ask Satan for it and you can have it. 
Yeah. You need to stop asking Santa for Christmas presents and praying to Jesus because none of them exist. Satan is our Lord, and when you let him into your heart and worship him instead of your make-believe God, then you can have it all. Now, I don't know if this is true, but I, it's in quotes on, on the Internet. <laughs> so how, Look, how, old is, how old is she? She's got to be 20-something. Well, she's, is she, is she getting she, up there, isn't she? Well, I don't know. Because you got to remember, we got the Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim well, here's Morrison. Think, here, here, they I, all sold their souls to the devil. They made a trade. If somebody said, "How do you defend that?" The only thing that I, the only, um, I guess, sort of shortcut I would give her here is, is she projecting something? Like, did she finish something and something didn't go right, and she was like PO'd at at people that were working the stage or something, and she had a bad day, no, and no, she no. walked off, and they go, "How do you be famous?" And she's like thinking to herself, "We well, just lie, cheat, steal, and do all these things." No, no, get no. Famous, she goes, ah, "I just worship Satan. There's no Santa Claus." And I just said it like out no, of no. anger. I, I did some fact you know checking because I, mean? I wanted to know what the heck was going on, and I I can't say this is true or not, uh, except there were a lot of different times when she has said something similar, at okay. least being reported. And uh, here at Lawyer Talk, we only report the truth. So isn't it twenty seven or twenty eight? 28 is the, is that Jim Morrison, uh, Jimmy Jim Hendrix, Hendrix, Janis Joplin. Oh, that's yeah. the, that's okay. They that's the age. curse of the 28. Yeah, the, I'm glad crossroads got where they went on the crossroads there. So then the, the quotes on this are great. The devil. Dude, I think I had my stroke when I was 28. Yeah. Dude, 28 like bad year. good enough for Satan. So anyway, the, the Thelemites, this is what the, this is the, this is their religion, I guess. The statement indicates the followers known as Thelemites should seek out their true path in life and follow their quote, true will. Jay-Z's satanic preaching is just the latest in a long line of public glimpses into a dark side that the rapper has shared. This is Jay-Z now. That is the same article. So I guess oh, this she's... Is crack reporting. She's not the only one. Jay-Z feels the same way? I guess so. What? So there's probably... Now, when I was a kid, it was, it was like backmasking on Hotel California or... Or uh, Stairway to Heaven. It's like you listen to those backwords and it's like, serve the beast. What happened? Like, is that for real? What? Like, if I get one of those records you're, you're talking about and you play oh, yeah, backwards, it was a huge it'll, thing. it'll say that stuff? People were finding all sorts of stuff. They called it backmasking. And, and you know, the, the, the Christian right would say, I don't this believe is, it. By by chance, by, by chance, they're 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 trying to they're used, hearing the squeaks and trying to make it. But you could hear it when you did it. You could hear. I used it. to play my dad's Credence Clearwater Revival backwards sometimes on the album. And uh, no Satan. Well, you had to know where to look. It was Credence. So, but I'd always wondered. It's like who spent the time. <laughs> yeah, there was a revival. <laughs> play some Credence. You, you, who would spend the time actually listening to those? I mean, they would go through record after record after record and find like one little phrase in a whole, like how many records? I think it was Ozzy Osbourne got blamed to that as well. I think Ozzy's played, or not. Ozzy. Was, was uh, not, it wasn't Ozzy, what was his? Uh, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, devil worship and the music industry apparently is old school, so that's just. Well, we got to mention another story. Stormy Daniels back in the news in Columbus. Oh yeah, yeah. She's just hitting up the vice too. Not 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 the. She not has suing filed the whole, her lawsuit just against the individuals. I don't it's, know how you not how you don't sue the city of Columbus. The, the what a report that I saw there. That All right. So was what did you have it? Somebody have it? Let's yeah, take a look. I mean, he brought yeah. it up. So here's what here's <laughs> I mean, he's like, don't drop I it unless you know the story, dog, man. Well, you can file a federal it. 1983 claim against the Columbus police, right? In uh, under uh, Section 1983 of the United States Code, that's a civil rights section. So if a police or government entity violates your civil rights, you can go sue them in federal court and seek damages. Usually what happens in those, though, your, your damages are usually sort of small. Uh, so let's say that a cop 
violates your Fourth Amendment rights and um, searches your car. Well, you haven't been hurt. There's no, say he doesn't hurt you or she doesn't hurt you and doesn't do anything to cause any damage to your property. Usually, But those 1983s have a provision for legal fees. So lawyers uh, sometimes will take those cases and they get they're looking for the legal fee award. One of the vice cops were the ones that were motorboating. Is that for real? <laughs> yes. I mean... You know, maybe she's no, like, wait, really? Yeah. Motorboating. They were you, were, motor- you were motorboating. They were motorboating. Motor- son of a bitch. <laughs> Stormy Daniels is suing several members of the Columbus, Ohio Police Department vice unit for civil rights violations over her arrest last year at a strip club in the city. Uh, Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, is suing for false arrest, malicious prosecution. Wait a she wasn't named Stormy Daniels? At yeah, birth? her mom didn't norm- name her. Where did she come up with the Daniels? All right. Maybe it's, Jack Daniels? Yeah, maybe. Uh, all right, false arrest, malicious prosecution, conspiracy to violate the Fourth and Fourteenth Amendments. There you go, my favorite. And two accusations of abuse of process violating Ohio law. She is asking for more than one million dollars in compensatory damages, more than one million in punitive damages, and costs and fees associated with the case. I mean, malicious prosecution. I don't know if I can agree. With she didn't. I mean, it was all the cop. I mean, as soon as the prosecutors got wind of it, they dismissed it, right? Yeah, I don't know if there's a cause of action against the police for Melissa's prosecution, or you actually have to name the city. Um, we will wait and see, I guess. But we'll see how that turns out. She lost her one with Trump. She's probably going to lose this one, and they too. said, well, no. There's still something viable with Trump, though. And then she lost the one. It got broomed, and there was an attorney fees war. But I think there's more out there. So There's a drunken Florida man cuts his neighbor and threatens to kill him with kindness, Jeff. Did you hear I about that? I have this article. I yeah, t- yeah, I, I saved it. Yeah. Because of one word. Machete. Machete. So he named his machete kindness. Kindness. He said, I'm going to kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. Now, Jeff. AKA my machete. So, Mike, real question is. What is the name of your machete, Jeff? What did you? What is I didn't name? name it. I, I should. I think we though. should name it Santa. Uh, do you have? I'm trying to think. Santa's good Shetty. name for a machete. Uh, Kindness slash. That's been taken. You call it Big Mac. Like yeah. slash slash. Me yeah. slash going for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks cool though, man. I I, the, I did, definitely did, you, did what I said I was gonna. I didn't wear it, but I I showed it to like four neighbors. They're like, yeah, we get it. We, you got a <laughs> you machete, dude. It, yeah, I was like, look at my machete I got, dude. Gonna, I'm gonna. Do you, do you just like hanging on your. I'm wall? not gonna lie too. You know how bad I am with this stuff. You know, it comes with a little pocket knife. Yeah. yeah. It took me eh, maybe five minutes to figure out how to shut that thing. <laughs> It's a lock. It's a lock I blade. Figure out how to do it. I'm so like, Jared, you probably struggled with a lock blade when like knives. five years old. You're figuring out, man, how do you push this? It's really hard to. How do you? How do you close it? And you figure it out. It's like you never forget. Yep. Yeah, well, there's yeah. different styles. Slide to the side and inside there. You got the button on the back, like the old Buck One Ten. That's yeah. a classic. Yeah, right I got there. one. I have one. Yeah. I've, I've got multiple. Yeah. So what ended up happening with that dude? Oh. He, got a, he just got a, Did he actually kill somebody? I keep no, thinking about the movie no. Sling Blade. You guys ever seen Sling Blade? All right. Yeah, he, he, he went over there with that machete. The, the other neighbor came over and blocked him, and they ended oh. up wrestling him down. And and one guy got a cut, and they had big kindness was written on the side of his machete. Took care of that <laughs> business there. So it looks like uh, moving right along with more very very important news that I think says something about a culture that's coming up behind us, Jared. You notice I just said Jared. Jeff, the millennials apparently are re- re-watching Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, you get that story, too. And saying that it is super offensive. So I, 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 I'm almost shocked because this was a this is like a definition of, of my 20s to go, or teen, early, late teens and 20s to go watch Seinfeld. I mean, that's what we did 
was it Thursdays? We just watched Thursday. Seinfeld. Yeah, we would Must watch. see TV. Now, man. people like Friends. I didn't like Friends so much. That was a little bit too mushy for me. But I really like Seinfeld. I, f- I found it edgy. Seinfeld I found was it, it. It just. It was awesome. They had a show, The Single Guy. Didn't last that long. It was on after uh, Seinfeld for a while. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. But then it was ER. That was you ER. Know, yeah, people watched Seinfeld. It was yep. Friends, Seinfeld, ER. And that was like your Thursday that was night. Thursday night. And then you're downtown Columbus, Ohio to Clancy's. Yeah. For the $1 mug, Natural Light. That was an old cop bar. Natty Light. That was right below the old FOP. Now it's. And there could have been. that. That might have been the most uncomfortable bar that was in a basement it was like going to a it church was, and, basement and they had they had that it was like a church basement they had the yeah. mirrors all on the walls or that dance floor right in the center but i'll tell you what they had one dollar 20 was it 20 ounces or it was 24 ounces big ones. big plastic 24 ounces. you brought your own you had, you had to buy the mug right yeah. you go there and, and it says clancy's on it and then you go in there if you bring I your mug i still have one in my cupboard well, I had the Not Owls. They had they had the dollar. They had yeah. the dollar that Not Owls draft there, and yeah. Uh, but you go in there, Clancy's. I remember that because it was Thursday night. What we would if if I had that day off, me and my roommates would watch, and then it's eleven o'clock. Clancy's. It's time to go, bro. It's dollar draft night, man. Oh, Hit five, the Clancy's. Five six bucks. We're good to go. That's yeah. right across the street from us, Jeff. That's that is now that uh, I think they tore the building down and built another one. But that is the uh, what's that. Copious. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was in that base. It was in that one. Okay. It was an office building. I think the FOP was up atop of that in a lot of cops. You walked around there. back. You had to walk around behind it. It kind of had a, the, the, there was like a, a hill, kind of a little entrance, stair yeah. entrance. You yeah. walk around back. Yep. So all these kids are missing out on the, and here's the one example they gave on Seinfeld. The soup Nazi, they find that very, very offensive. Um, the soup Nazi, because is this like one his, person writing this, or the this is a group of people that all find this offensive? Uh, Before I got in the vape, that's what I was going to open. I wanted to open up soup for you. The soup for you. you. No, no soup, soup for you. No soup for you. For you. So mine was soup for you. Soup for you. Soup for everybody. Everybody gets the soup. <laughs> and everybody would think you're from somewhere. You speak with that accent all yeah. the time. The oh. nickname of the soup Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> and the scenes are offensive because they parody the conditions that the Jews were held in concentration camps during World War II. Now, what's interesting is there were uh, there were probably the how guy many that wrote Jews? Jewish. Yeah, I mean, sign, everybody on that show right. was Jewish, right? It was uh, that's they were is all Jewish. Jewish. Yeah, I mean, I know the name. I mean, is he like a practicing Jew? I don't know how much he practices, oh. but I mean, all these people. These, I think Larry, Larry David, David is for oh, sure. Kramer, yeah. Seinfeld, Full George Costanza—they're all Jews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but here's there. This this goes into your story. You were telling me before we started. It's like you went to uh, what the Funny Bone recently. Yes, and I saw three. I saw three comedians, and not one political joke was told. And it was that was to me. It was a relief. I mean, that was the best. There, nobody was saying, "Oh, the shutdowns or bash Trump. He's a Cheeto eating this and that." They were just telling jokes, man, and they yeah. were all good. It was a great night. It was a uh, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. He's from Maine. And uh, he was the he was the headliner, he was the headliner. and he came in and he, and he had a great bit about him and his wife and his kids and life and you know everything yeah. of that nature. Yeah. And he said a few things in there that maybe people might have found offensive. Uh, to be a, yeah, he's he he was good. It was a good show. Well, I heard a story on NPR this morning, and it was the guy that was the creator for Shameless. He was interviewed on NPR this morning. You know, show Shameless yep, on it's a great show. It's a great show. Uh, he was just saying like. Please, please, everyone, that we we have to let down our guard when we're signing up for a comedy show and, and political correctness. It's well, like well, we dare, can't keep going down this road. Dare I call comedy a a verbal art, right? I mean, it, it is. I mean, it is a— Well, he, he's a creator of a show, but it just in, just in general, the entertainment world. comedy, but it, it is written. 
right? It is people are coming up with with non-direct or maybe indirect ways to be insightful about problems that in our society and, and making light of them in a way that causes people maybe to realize, don't take yourself so seriously, or I really don't mean it, we're just joking. Or maybe it's just check your PC at the door and come in and laugh for a minute, right? Have fun, enjoy. Why, if you're a millennial, do you have to be offended by the damn soup Nazi when it's one of the funniest episodes of all time? Still talked about uh, with reverence. I will still go into, like, when it's on, like, uh, you know, Amazon Prime or whatever, Netflix. I'll go in there, and if I'm going to grab a Seinfeld episode, it's going to be soup Nazi. I mean, soup Nazi's top three for me. I've got it all on DVD. All right, so here's, but the bustle believes, this is the, uh, the contrary, they believe that modern shows prove that comedy can be funny without ethically insensitive jokes or remarks. I don't think it's ethically insensitive to have a joke about the soup Nazi. I don't. Well, they're also upset about the cleavage joke. Yeah, I There's saw one that. there, George Stairs, that in there, and the, the whole thing is to prove that it's a normal thing for a man to stare at a woman's cleavage. They're like, they're not happy with that. I encourage everybody. The Puerto Rican day, they're mad about that. That one was yeah, hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. He was smoking okay. a cigar. He actually lights the flag on fire. So he throws it to Kramer. Does. So he throws the crash, trying to put it out. He's stomping on it. Right. And then everybody sees him stomping. Put on a burning Puerto Rican flag during Puerto Rican pride. Right. That's look. That's gold, I encourage man. everybody under the age, maybe even over, but everybody who might qualify as a millennial to go watch. I think you can get it on YouTube. If not, you might be able to find it on Netflix or one of the other streaming places. The Don Rickles tribute show. So I think it was his birthday or something. They did this tribute to Don Rickles, where all the old, all the celebrities of of old and new were there, sort of talking and uh, paying tribute to Don Rickles, who may have been. The most brutal, uh, offensive, uh, he like any of his jokes. Like he didn't care what if you like were black. Don Rickles is the no, best. No, Rickles was the best. No, Rickles is the best. I saw him last night. It, I was. I get about an hour to an hour and a half of TV a day. That's that's all I that's all I fit in. And I watched uh, the 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 roasting of. Uh, Oh come on now! Like, it, was, it was comedy it, roast. It, it, it was, Dean Martin on there and Don Rickles on there, and it was uh, it was a uh, young guy. The, or... Who's the Rat Pack there? Sammy Sammy Davis Jr. Said they roasted Sammy, oh, and they, had, and they yeah. had Wilt Chamberlain on there, and they had. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, some of these jokes were funny. And right now, as I was watching this and laughing, I was like, "Well, this wouldn't fly right now." These jokes were, man. Don Riggles was good on his jokes. He had some some very, I mean, but they were. He made uh, some comment at this show, and here's why I'm saying this, is that, and anybody who doesn't know Riggles should go really oh, do some man. research and watch him on, like, the old Carson or these these shows. But his tribute is a great one because they get really, all these celebrities come up and they sort of talk about who he was and what he was. Now, he gets up, and he was really old at the time, I mean, but still had his, had his brain about him, and I think he died shortly thereafter. And he made this speech. I was just trying to find the, the text of it, but he, he was like, Look, I have picked on everybody in my life, whether you're Jewish, whether you're black, whether you're this or whether you're that. I mean, I have gone after everybody, but it was all with love. And I hope everybody understood. Like, it was almost like Don Rickles had this persona that he would jump into and he would just turn it on. And it was relentless. I mean, relentless. But then for a moment at this tribute, he stepped out and almost in a tearful way said, I love all you people, and I hope you realize that. And everybody did, right? His whole career, everybody knew that if Rickles is going after you, well, that's what Rickles does. And it was for comedy. It was funny. If you got roasted or got hit by Rickles, that would be like a, a badge of honor. 
Now, my buddy... Like, can you imagine? I was on Johnny last night, and Rickles just tore me up, which, go on YouTube and watch Rickles on Carson. I mean, they're all just... Or he's and his. I got his stand up bits. I've got a bunch of them. Oh, they're hilarious. And I mean, you hilarious. know, I mean, hilarious. <laughs> but when he's with other people, he's even better. So, my buddy, uh, and then we'll move on. My buddy was, uh, he tells this story. He was at, I think, the Columbus Zoo of all places. And Rickles was going to perform there. This is probably back in the 80s. And uh, my buddy, I don't know what my buddy was doing there, what his job was, or what he was, but he was backstage doing something uh, for work. And uh, Rickles was sort of back there getting ready to go out. And uh, he's, he, I'm going to screw this story all up, but I'll get you the gist of it. He was, I guess, slugging a bourbon or something and uh, go, walks up to my buddy and I guess starts warming up on him. You know, it's like, you know, says, hey, who are you? Hey, nice hair, Red. What's going on? You know, what, what yeah. is this, your job here? But a good, uh, yeah, great career choice. You know, he just goes on and he just kept oh, yeah. going after. Oh, yeah, that's a great career choice right there. <laughs> yeah, great career <laughs> choice. I mean, I'm sure you'll move up from here, though, right? <laughs> so it's like, I guess, and my buddy said it's, it, he understood what was going on. He goes, he was just like warming up on him to get his juices flowing because I think, you know, he just he just would go off. All right. like I had a rib on somebody. All right, moving right along, we have what do you got there? I see a big picture of something. Well, here we go. Uh, Hewlett Packard got all everything solved up here. Uh, it says that they are <laughs> they won't allow users of three D printers to produce guns unless those users are firearm manufacturers and the weapons that are created can be detected by airport security. Now here's the thing on that. We're just gonna start on there. They're These not 3D saying printers like that. I can't. I can't wrap my head around them. You got to go to Micro Center. They got one on display there, and they, they they show it working. It's really sort of fascinating. You know who's got some of the best? Jay Leno. Leno. Oh, he does. Leno. He's got he's got some that are very large in size. He restores all those cars. Yeah. And there's a lot of parts that you can't get. So if you get the schematics, he can oh, use them to print it. Wow. I remember reading about that. I think it's a like popular mechanics magazine. Yeah. Uh, probably early two thousands. Oh, he invested in a couple uh, 3D printing companies just so that he could start. Because he's got it to where he can manufacture rubber, you know what I mean, from gaskets. Like, you know I mean? He's got these rare cars and you need a gasket. He can, he can manufacture gaskets. But you can make a gasket for a 1912 automobile, but you can also make a gun. You can make a gun. You right? can make a machete, We don't need too. no plastic molds. We can just print it. Hit print. So here's what's interesting. I, I, we've had a couple gun cases over the years, Jeff, and uh, certainly we work with uh, Derek DeBras and uh, Munitions Law Group. They are the gun gurus, the specialists. He's going to be a teaser, teaser alert. He's coming February 1st. We're going to do a show with him. And we're going to talk, talk a lot about guns and, and what the rules are. But here's what's interesting. I'm going to post his video with that flamethrower he has. The, the production of guns is a very, very technically regulated industry. And if you want to just go build your own gun and make it work, that's a big problem. If you want to become a gunsmith, it takes specific licensure. If somebody gives you a gun to work on uh, and, you, and it's just for smithing, there's, a, there's requirements that you have to do to book it in and, and other things. And here's what I learned. Um, just because it looks like a gun, it, it may not be a gun yet. And just because it doesn't look like a gun, it may be a gun yet. So if, you, if a receiver is... a shotgun out of a pipe, a two-by-four, a rubber band, and a nail. Well, say I've got this hunk of metal, and I put a stamp on it and put it in a book and log it correctly. Now it's a gun. So now if I go take that somewhere else, it's got to go into their book and be logged correctly. There's, there's a lot of nuance to it. So this is my cautionary wisdom to folks out there printing their 3D guns. You're probably violating federal law in some well, way, shape, or form. Well, Packer said, did not say how it would stop people from using its products to make guns. Uh, because they're, they're not going to physically stop it. I think they want to try to figure out some way that you can't input 
the instructions, which is that, it, a, is that an operable gun there? Uh, yes. Yeah, they've been making these three D guns for a long time. You can what get does on, it shoot? You could get plastic. No, no bullets. Bullets. Man. So they have the ceramics and the plastic guns were getting through the metal detector. I mean, people have been doing this. You for can years. on three D printers right now. They got uh, you can go online and get a for an AR. Let's say you want to build an AR, you can print one. Now, a lot of the different the different materials that you'll need, the consistency, there's different styles and blocks of plastic that you're going to be using. Like I say, you might make a rubber gasket, you might make a hard plastic here. It's 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 pretty pricey to to get the the plastic that you need to to build this gun to make it withstand. But then again, you could use lighter ammunition and you'd be able to make a 22 pistol. I mean, just looking at that thing, you know a shocking amount about this. Well, you read the article. We can always do uh, ninja stars. We can make throwing stars. We can make throwing stars, dude. Look, the the point is you can hit print and make just about anything. And I was going to do what Leno did. I got a couple things that I needed for my GTO as we were working. We were going to make some brackets or something out of that, but we found them anyway. But there's uh, there's a lot of neat things. I actually looked at them. There's a company online selling them, and the, the prices are coming down, Jeff. I was going to buy one. A printer? I was going to buy a 3D, 3D printer. printer? Uh, why? I just like that kind of stuff. I, I get it, man. Like we sometimes need one, you need a machete, sometimes you need a 3D printer. I think Lawyer dude. Talk needs a printer. Well, they, they're, they got, How much do they, they got, run, like they, for the basic you, one? You, I mean, uh, you can buy a small, cheap one for like $300. It may not do what you now, want. Now, then again, they have some that you can buy a program put in there. To, they build houses to where, like, let's say you showed up. Now, this is a big printer. It would need to be, uh, you know I mean, hauled in, okay? You haul <sighs> in, you got a plan. This thing starts going, zzz, 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 zzz. here's one log. It's like doing a Lincoln log house. They've got it to where you can build a house. Man, think Crazy. about it. The world is just changing. Like, it's wild what they can do. So, but yeah, well, you, have to, you theme, have to get on that when you bring them in because, I mean, the, the 3D I mean, printed gun is, I mean, that's, that's anybody could do it. You could do yeah. it for probably, well, you could probably build a small one out of a $300 machine. Oh. Yeah. That's I bet you stuff. could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that theme, Steve, you're probably going to go ballistic here on this one. Um, Boston pushing law that would require doctors to ask patients about guns. I sent that one out, too. Um, now, this is interesting. Keep going. Tell, tell us what that really is. What are they asking? So what does it say? In this bizarre announcement last Thursday, the city of Boston has decided that physicians should now be required to ask all patients about their gun ownership. Mayor Martin Walsh wants the state of Massachusetts to legislate this in the 2019 session. Boston Police Commissioner William Gross said, this is a great way for the medical field to help identify any red flag issues. It's to put another tool in the physician's belt to help out the victims. The claim is that this would help identify ways to save lives, according to the police commissioner. No, as has been abundantly proven, guns in America save lives overall. This is, a, this is an article written like by an NRA site. Right. The purpose would be to identify people at a risk of suicide, domestic violence, or child access, although the information would not be intended to help solve crime. The act would not require doctors to uh, note gun ownership in patient records. So it's asking them to inquire, but not note it in their records, and then somehow keep a record of, you know, is this person like in a situation right. where there's like domestic abuse or there's kids around. Or so, so here's the thing. I mean, this is going to get me going because you've got a situation where if there, well, let's back up in order to have a violation of constitutional rights in our country, it has to have some government action. There has to be a government entity doing it. Well, clearly a doctor, a private doctor would not be a government entity uh, unless a couple of things might fall into place. Like if the doctor were acting on behalf of the police, well, then you start to get into this 
this gray area where is this doctor really an agent of the cops, therefore uh, acting like a cop and becoming a cop? Uh, so that's the first problem. The second problem is if you've got a public hospital uh, that is government-funded, now, is the doctor who is employed by the public hospital that's government-funded become an agent of the government? And then finally, you've got a scenario where there is a, there is a government law that flat-out requires this, uh, and that's certainly the law can be challenged as a violation of somebody's constitutional as right. As I read some of these, these, these sentences here, I can, like, hear you saying this, Steve. It's, like, more worrisome when government requires documentation like this, when will the government decide to use it and how? If not to solve crime, then for what? For what purpose, right? Yeah. It's like, don't tell me you're not doing this to solve crime. I mean, it has nothing to do with right. the medical treatment. I mean, it's, it's, it's complete. It, it is crazy. Um, now, here's what's interesting. I actually reached out to a doctor friend of mine. Um, He's like, uh, do you have any guns? I'm printing one right now. <laughs> no, it's not a gun yet, but as soon as I hit print... It's uh, gonna. It's it gonna get a while. There. Now, so you I, could hit print, go to the doctor. I oh, asked is it this really? doc, It's like Napster, like back in the day in college when you had download music on Napster illegally. It's like you just load them up and then go to class, and you had all these songs when you get back. Well, I asked this doc. I, I said, "I'd love to get your perspective on this, and then <laughs> use it on the show." Well, the response. Apparently, he ran into a salesman or a buddy or somebody in business who's who's doctor. So he didn't tell me what he or she would do, but he said his doctor. That's a he. He said his doctor, apparently the sales guy's doctor, asked him about guns in the house. So he was apparently, his buddy was going to get medical treatment. They asked him about guns in the house, and he was very taken aback. Um, <laughs> and can you imagine, it's like I go in for like uh, my physical. Well, if it's a suicide call, I get a, it. In the middle of the Moon River analysis, I get, uh, anybody who knows Fletcher would know what I'm talking about. So in the middle of the Moon River analysis, you get, by the way, do you have any guns in the house? Like, What? I read, I read another article that um, a guy that was against Am this. Am I allergic to them? Guns. <laughs> All right. Now, now, are you a metallurgist? <laughs> Am I allergic to this? I read another article. I don't remember the exact terms he was using, but he basically started the article out by saying he was visiting Dr. Jellyfinger, and as the procedure was being done, it's like, hey, what kind of guns do you have in your house? Right. That's yeah. it. So Dr. Jellyfinger, uh, are you using the whole fist there, Doc? Anyway, the, and by the way, do you have any guns in your house? So, it's crazy. Uh, I find that somewhat troubling. I would be very interested to see if that actually holds water. I, I, I think what's the most troubling about it, even when I, the times recently in the years that I've had um, visits with the, with the doctor, it's, it's a very common question, not guns, because the, the, the end game for this is, oh, well, let's protect people from suicide, let's protect kids, let's protect, uh, protect violence, let's protect uh, dom domestic abuse. That's the end game. Well, they already asked those questions. Like, I remember when I came in for, my, for my, my stroke, I remember this vividly. I was sitting there, and my wife was with me, and they asked, is there any violence in the home? Or do you, you know, are, is there any abuse going on in your home? It's like they ask that question to everybody. So if you're accomplishing the same goal anyway, well, and, you, I and mean, those are already in place to ask those questions. Even that, I mean, we do a lot of child abuse defense here. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people accused of child abuse who are flat-out guilty. There's a lot that aren't. But what's interesting is my son... Boy, he was young. Probably still in like a crib maybe. But anyway, he took a header out of the crib, uh, smacked his head on the hardwood floor. And, you know, we were concerned, obviously. He was somewhat. He got whacked pretty good. So we go to uh, Children's Hospital, and, um, and as I was walking in, I was like, this is going to be interesting. Because yeah. I had read enough uh, <sighs> child abuse discovery reports and uh, medical records to know what was coming next. And even before the triage almost, it was, we were in a room with social workers and I was getting, I was getting interrogated by it. Now I didn't really care. I just wanted to get through the damn thing and be done with it. But you know, my, my, my gut was somewhat 
offended by the whole thing. It was just like, look, the kid fell out of the damn crib, right? I, I, I just go help me, right? I mean, let's let's get the medical care we need. But no, have you guys ever done this? Have you done this? Is there alcohol? No, there's it. I mean, it just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And uh, anybody who's got kids who are, dare I use the term, we'll just say very hyper, have spent some time in the ER for things like your son running through the old bag of nails on a slippery, wet, snowy day and, and sliding into the concrete or the uh, stone wall and slicing his Next his time Mama up. B's in here, ask her how many times she had taken me to the sure, hospital. Sure, right, for stitches here, stitches there, broken arm <coughs> here, whatever it is. Uh, Arms, now, legs, ankles, fingers. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, Burns. I, I was the same way. I mean, I had lots of little things like that happen to me, but uh, I guess at one point my brother... Uh, or maybe I did this. I used to go cruising around. Remember the walk? I don't even think they have them anymore. Now they're just uh, chairs where you, you can't move. But the kids can sit in these things as toddlers or before they're toddlers. Yeah. yeah. And they used to have wheels on them. Yeah. <laughs> so, My dad's got a video of me taking a tumble, going upside down. There you go. Bending the head back. Apparently as a still kid. Still running the What's film. that called? The scorpion? Still running the Yeah, I get a good scorpion. The scorpion. Good one. Yeah. So apparently... I was cruising circles around the household. My brother, who was a year older, was just learning how to navigate the stairwell. Well, I took a header down the stairs on the thing, on that thing you run around with oh, on wheels. Down the stairs. So I go down the stairs, take my brother with me. I land upright, keep cruising. Brother breaks his arm. Now imagine telling that story to Nationwide Children's Hospital now. Hmm. You, you'd be like, well, I'm sorry, this is a spiral fracture. Uh, it, it, we're going to refer this to me. our people. And, and, it and, scares me. And I have had this. Now, the, the, if we're going to really get into the criminal defense here, I have had scenarios. We actually did an appeal on one of these. Uh, I've worked on several of these where you have what's called, quote, unexplained injuries. And by unexplained, I mean. To equal something. They don't buy your explanation. So they call it unexplained. Or if, say, your kid shows up injured uh, with a broken arm like I just described, and nobody says what happened. Now it's unexplained. Can you be prosecuted for that? Well, what does unexplained mean to them? Unexplained means they don't believe you. To me, it means abuse. And Well, that's they're, what I mean. So therefore, default. it's abuse. They're just going to default to abuse. This is like arson. Yeah. If they can't tell you how the fire started, it must be arson. Yeah. So if they can't tell you how the injury happened, it must be abuse. We're going to indict you and charge you with felonious assault or child abuse or whatever it is. So anyway, if you need a good defense on that, you should just give us a call, 614-224-6142. It is what we do. Aside from podcasting, we are great criminal defense lawyers. Off. Off we go to the next story. So we're talking about uh, medical. The medical marijuana sales figures are in. There were actually, I know we'd said that it was one store, but it was four that got opened up. And I heard reportings on the day they opened that, oh, we got lines out the door. We got lines around the building. So we've got uh, close to 7,000 people with cards. How much, do you know, do you know how much they said? Did you guys hear the numbers? I'd love to hear them. Well, uh, they sold the first day. All dispensaries are open. I'm even hearing reports. That oh lines out the door, they sold eight point seven pounds, seventy five thousand dollars in sales. Eight really, eight point seven pounds. Eight point seven pounds. Oh, I thought you were gonna say eight point seven and before thousand. Now, and on Wednesday, on Wednesday they were talking, and uh, they were. They, I knew that Thursday they would be uh, releasing the the numbers, and they were like, they're almost sold out. So I was waiting to hear these numbers are almost sold out because I know that to be a grower that uh, through your license and I don't know if it's just because they're starting out, but there's not that many licenses have, to buy this you stuff, had to, right? You had to have eight, uh, you had to have 50 pounds accessible of product at all times. 
So I'm like, they only sold 8.7 pounds. And I'm hearing they're almost sold out. And it's like, you only had nine pounds? <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't even think of it that How way. Does that well, so this is my first thought. It's like, wait a minute. We're opening up the entire state to marijuana, and you've got nine pounds. you got nine pounds. Well, the problem is, well, what did you say last time? Like 75 people or... No. 675 people. How many people actually can buy this stuff? Six. Last time it was like 6,500. Oh, 6, so I think it's 6,000. Right, something, but still 6, not that many 7, people. Close to right now, it's, right. it's like about 7,000. Let's, let's just round up. It's like six eight. So let's round up to 7,000. So we are going to have a classic supply and demand problem well, very soon. And and that's where it was at, too, is another thing on that is it's coming down to 20. And I I'd estimated this. I said, I wonder what their price is going to be. I said, well, I'm guessing it's going to be like $20 a gram. And uh, it's going up there in the twenty to thirty-five dollars a gram. Is All right, so let's put for. this in perspective for for everybody, me included. If I am an unlawful pot dealer, in other words, I before this this the era of medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, and the other thing, I've got uh, a pound of weed, and I want to sell it wholesale. Uh, I guess the highest I ever saw was maybe fifteen hundred, a couple grand a pound, or yeah, I think that's about the, for the good stuff, right? Or maybe up to five, I think, for the good stuff, and the thousand bucks. Four, four thousand was a good wholesale on the good stuff, no, right? That's, so that's years ago. And the 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 crap weed that <laughs> back in the day people used to call it the brown from wherever downtown, downtown brown, frown. There was like uh, eight hundred or maybe a thousand. And then oh, man, that BC bluff. And then the purple Canadian Kush. Weed. The purple Kush. I saw somewhere it was getting for like five grand a pound. And uh, 1500 was like the middle cheap stuff. But uh, so what is it? How does that translate? So if I wanted to buy a dime bag. Dimer. Or if I just want to get high for the weekend, how does it, what are the prices? What's the comparables here? Right now, I'd say that probably on the streets, I, I'm going to guess it's going to, let's just say $40 for 3.5 grams. All right. How much is that? Like 3. I know 3.5 grams. grams. I know, but like what, that what is, is that? Eight, is that like that? Depends on the density of it. Mm. It's, like, it's like a bud finger. Or it's like a one it. finger in a Ziploc bag. Mm. Yeah. Maybe a two finger. Now, here's what's interesting. When I used to see people doing this long ago, smoking, that, amount of weed, green. that amount of weed wouldn't have lasted what it would have lasted now. Well, you got your monthly limit. Well, how much can well, you buy? they're only allowing people right now to buy, I think it was a five-day limit. I don't oh. know how that is broken down. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. You can always smoke this much a day. That number right there is not at all what I was anticipating. But what the, the thing about it is is that right there next door in Michigan, you know, they're going full wreck. It's not in place right now, but by then, you know, by probably about six, seven months it will be. Uh, they're going to be allowing residents to grow up to 12 plants a person, which is a good number to sustain, I think, everybody. Uh, can you just go into a gas station in Michigan and buy weed? Not right. Not quite. No, you but can't go to a gas station. You will still have to go to a dispensary. It will oh, still have right. to be well, a, sure. a regulation sure, I got you. on that. You can probably buy but, no-dose. But you will be able to. Yeah, no-dose, no same thing, snort it. There's, <laughs> they can buy my speed at the gas station, but and, I can't uh, buy my they, weed at the gas station. They did come out with another drunk. Uh, PSA there where they were saying, remember that uh, to vape it, not smoke it. They said that. Yeah, they came out. They with vape it, it, don't smoke well, it. Well, I'm glad you gave me that. It is illegal to to vape it. Well, this. this I mean, to, well, how to am I supposed it. to make my own liquid? <laughs> well, right now the only thing they have out is the uh, is flour. Yeah, they don't, have, they don't have any testing set up to. So I'm not going uh, to take that home and try to make vape out of it. 
Uh, so this is this leads right to the next story because Border Patrol apparently busted a 25-year-old man on drug smuggling charges earlier the, earlier this month. Uh, they accused him of picking up a load of methamphetamine, which is called marijuana. Did so he drive that head. through the desert, or did he drive that through a legal? No, port, he flew it uh, over entry. the border with a drone. So unless you oh, build I saw the wall, that story too. yeah, unless you build the wall all the way to the ceiling, uh, just like last time on be, the lawyer talk, it may not be uh, impactful. Now I wonder why the Washington Times, this is where I'm reading this right now, is is publishing this story because I think it is a argument against smuggling happening at the or the wall stopping drugs. But this is also contrary to the other argument I've heard, which is the DEA is telling everybody that most of the drugs they catch are coming through actual points of interest or points of entry or lawful points of entry, like UPS or mail or whatever, or, or shipping. Now, I, what I don't know is like, how can, help me out here. I think the DEA said that 90%. D, oh, sure. 90% of the weed they catch is coming through True. Well, points of entry. But weed, what about weed they're not, or, or drugs, drug. contraband? Yeah. They're, they catch. They're, they're, they aren't bringing in as much marijuana. We got a lot here. Yeah, we got it here. But they're not catching the. What, they're not catching the drugs that are coming through. Well, how many drones do you think made it through before they found that? Well, I don't know. I'd be sitting out plenty. there probably hundred thousands. Oh, plenty, plenty. I'm I sure. Mean, why wouldn't they do? Why it? wouldn't That's you just sense. strap it to it and fly it? You know what I mean. So you know what you need. We need to arm the drones. Well, there, <laughs> we need, we need there's to have cases where fights. people have smuggled into prisons using the drones. Drones like the drone. Really, and, they just drop they it. They just they just fly it over. You know and drop it in the yard. The drone and drop. <laughs> drone and drop. <laughs> we need to arm. We need to arm other drones. We need law enforcement drones. This is like Robo drone. We need to arm them with shotguns, and it'd be like shooting skeet with a joystick. Wouldn't that be so building? Or are going to be sitting in our houses or computerizing? Building? Wouldn't that be building a a gun? You strap Not up. if you're the DEA. You're allowed oh, to do DA. that. Oh, DEA. Yeah, the DEA is allowed to do it. So instead of the wall, we are going to have a fleet of drones running around with shotguns and other uh, maybe stun guns. I think we should maybe have them shoot nets like Spider-Man there so we could take the drones this, right, down. Though? That way we're not actually destroying the drones. Because then the drones, they don't know who to shoot, right? Well, just shoot the drone. Yeah. So oh, this, so you're just saying drone drones are fighting. This drone, is like yes, robo-jocks, yes, yes. robo-drones. Drones versus drones. This is radio-controlled yeah. drones. Fighting. If anybody's seen Robo Jocks, great movie. We can make a drone movie out of it. Yeah, we can do this. And uh, I think this may be the solution to the wall. We're just going to create a drone war. <sighs> think about how many drones you can buy for like, you know, three, four, five billion. Well, you could buy tons of drones. We could drone drones. the whole the whole border. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So problem solved. All right. I got a story. Call Pelosi. This is, uh, this is a good one. Heath. This is Heath in uh, here in Ohio. Heath Tattoo Shop lets customers leave ink designs up to chance. Oh, the old grab bag. <laughs> so what the guy did was he put a gumball machine in his tattoo shop. And you just put your quarter in, you twist it, whatever comes out he's putting on. So one of the, I guess a guy got it done when they were, do, they were doing this article. And he got a dagger and he goes, I hate daggers. <laughs> and the tattoo joked before discussing the... Uh, where he, where he was going to put the tattoo, and he's like, hey, man, it's all part of the shop. You get what you get. This is the get-what-you-get machine. Right. And he agreed to it. He got a freaking dagger on him. So, I, I mean, I wonder. It's like, nope, I'm sorry. We have a contract. You have to have this dagger on your arm. Or maybe you don't right, know so until it's done. Is that it? So it's like a secret. You go it in says, the door. customers pay $80 for a quarter to put in the gumball machine. Turn the crank, and out comes a random number. Each number corresponds with a tattoo design. Whatever you get is what you get. And do you, I wonder if you know in advance. So it's like, no, 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 surprise me. <laughs> no, oh, God. No, no, let's just put it on my neck. If the customers pull something they absolutely hate or already have, then they can try their luck again for an additional 10 bucks. 
dude, this is this is hilarious. Well, who would sign man. up for this? Oh, gosh, dude. Jack, the unemployable. The jack, the jack assery of the world. Look, I'm not anti-tattoo. I am not. I am anti-tattoo for no reason. I mean, I think there, there are people that go get it because they think it's cool to have a tattoo, and they just go to the wall and say, I like that one. And, uh, and, and look, if you've done that and you really do like that one, that's awesome. But I think people just go and say, it's tattoo time. I'm going to get one. And they, I, I like tattoos when people say, yeah, this is what this means to me. I got this tattoo. Um, it symbolizes my mother or my dad or my brother or this or that. Or the other. I mean, I, I got no problem with that. But getting a random tattoo on your face because you put 80 bucks in the machine <laughs> just sort of strikes me. This guy's me hilarious, as, too. This is an underground tattoo station. And uh, he's like, you don't have to be a gang or in a, in a biker gang to uh, have too many drinks and come in here for a tattoo. There's a sign when you walk through the door that says, you don't need to be smart to get a cool tattoo. Well, it, you don't have to be drunk either, right? <laughs> I guess. So I love it, man. Some of those people getting that tattoo might be one of the 5.7 million in the United States with a warrant right now. So there's 5.7 million people o- with a warrants. warrant. I think right I now. got a warrant out of Lincoln Two, County. 239000 really? yeah. What? Maybe. Why? Well, here's what happened. Did you, they you didn't pay a, ticket? pay a ticket? Yeah. So they, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hear me out. <laughs> I, I don't have a warrant. I'm joking around. But it, the, what? It's <laughs> what, nothing to joke about, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I got a parking ticket out there, and I went to go pay it, and they said I didn't pay it fast enough, and I had to go to the clerk to pay it. Like, they make me go out there to do it, and they won't really, they they. They didn't put a warrant on, but so it's a parking ticket. Send it's on the municipal court website. Have you paid them 100 bucks? Have you paid it uh, yet? Yeah, last time I went out there for court, I forgot. They didn't arrest me, though. Well, that's good. You got your head in the sand. You're a client. No, I, I, I tried to pay it. I've heard that before. I tried. All right, I tried. I mean, yeah, you're yeah, right. I, I thought about it. Client. <laughs> yeah, I tried. I just what, got so busy. You, you, know? you know, right now in Franklin County, you could have 62,381 more clients because that's how many open warrants are in Franklin County alone right now. So yeah, here's how this works. We need, we need another day. This another is, uh, safe surrender day. We need a safe surrender. This is how this works, though. Here's, here's what this is. Those warrants could be like Jeff's warrant for p- unpaid parking tickets. Those warrants it's could be- one ticket. The, like I said, those warrants could be like Jeff's for unpaid <laughs> ticket, or because one unpaid ticket could be could there. Could be a warrant. Oh, we got the breakdown. Yeah, 3,000 warrants in Franklin County involving violent crimes and weapons as of spring 2018. Violent crimes and weapons. We, we have 2,000. Yeah, violent crimes. That is woo, because that they file all right, kinds violent, of things. Violent crimes violent, and violent. weapons. Well, I mean, yeah. like violation protection order, criminal mischief, criminal damage. 2,300 were domestic violence and assault. Oh, so they got those 2,300 of that 3,000 was domestic violence no, assault? No, this 2, is of the, of the 63,000. Oh, okay. This is this is the 63,000 that are in Franklin County gotcha. open warrants. 3,000 of them are there. 2,300 of them are for uh, domestic violence or assault. 139 open warrants That's are open for uh, sexual assault or rape. Mm-hmm. 16 open warrants that we haven't found right now are uh, murders. Murder. All right, so here's so how these this are works. These people, when they get the they're just like, you know what? We have Mexico <laughs> looks like a great place. Later. Yeah. <laughs> we have, uh, here's how this goes down. So we get these calls all the time. Hey, I got a DUI when I was in college back in like 19-whatever. Now I live in Arkansas, and I can't get a new driver's license, but I've always been able to get one until now. So there's no explicable reason for that. It happens all the time, though. Yeah. And somehow it's caught up to them. There is now a warrant block. They have to come back and deal with it, and then they call us. We can help that one. That one we can fix. Now, if you've got a murder warrant, you're probably going to have to turn yourself in. (laughs) We're probably not going to be able to get the old warrant set aside, and the freedom train ain't coming on that one, at least not right away. Now, we can win the case, perhaps. We can defend the case for sure. But, uh, you know, that warrant is probably going to be executed at some point. Uh, rape, 
same thing. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Now, we do have rapes, or this, this comes up a lot. People come in, they're under investigation. We put them on a check where we watch weekly to see if they ever get indicted or charged, and then they do. In the meantime, we've reached out to the prosecutor 20 or 30 times by email, by phone, by smoke signal, whatever it is. Nonetheless, they get a warrant for their arrest anyway. Sometimes then we can go approach a judge with the prosecutor over vehement objection and uh, try to get that warrant lifted or set aside because our client has shown that he or she is not a flight risk. They're here to defend the case and otherwise have no record and are responsible individuals aside from the rape allegation. Well, it's always a weird situation because most of the time when there's a rape alleged, the investigators do want to do an investigation. They interview people. They want to get, you know, evidence before they do anything. Three, four, five, six seven, eight months can go by. This Sometimes, person, yeah. there's nothing, ele- this person hasn't committed any other crimes, but now all of a sudden the public needs it's to be urgent. safe and arrest this person. Yeah, it's urgent. It's, it doesn't, that, that, that always never, I mean, I get it. You got to arrest for serious crimes, here, but it's always weird. I should ask Emily or uh, Hughes about this because the most offensive thing I've ever heard out of a prosecutor, I'm not going to mention names, but it was here in Franklin County, where it was a scenario where we had been in constant contact with a prosecutor about a case. And the case was a, I forget what it was, but it was not a violent crime. It was nothing like that. In fact, I think it would might have even been a lower-level drug crime or uh, something that didn't necessarily offend the, the, the conscious. Uh, and they indicted it months and months, years like, like you're talking about. I called the prosecutor. I was like, what are we doing here, man? I mean, we've been talking about this case all along, uh, and he's we're sorry. Yeah, we've, he's been available. Yeah. We've been, you know, what's going on? And uh, the prosecutor said, well, I'm objecting. I want a warrant. I want this person arrested. I'm like, why? I just do. So we go to court and I said, look, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't want him arrested. And, you know, thank goodness we do have these people called judges who ultimately get to make the decision. We go approach a judge and the prosecutor's argument. And I believe it was, if it weren't on the record, it was in chambers in the judge's office. We were bickering about it said, well, you know, these cases sometimes are so flimsy that we, this is the only opportunity we get to put the person in jail. So it had nothing to do with uh, flight risk, had nothing to do with safety, had nothing to do with I want to run the rail. I just want this person in jail so I can get my little mm. pound of flesh right now because I might lose the case. I was flying, I said, I got, I got, what do you want me to say to this? <laughs> it's like, that, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, All, right. Yeah. All right, I'm off my soapbox, keep going, please. Well, you know who else had to turn themselves in? Who? Remember the old uh, to catch a predator? Oh, I, man, we're old, getting a lot of the same Chris, stories. Chris Hansen there. Chris yeah. Hansen. Yeah, yeah, he had a, the one guy you never want to meet. The one guy right Hello, there. Hello, I'm Chris like, Hansen. What hey, are you doing you, tonight? Here, I, no, no, here's a towel for you. Yeah. What, <laughs> were, you, what were you planning on doing tonight? Good. Oh, they, nothing. I was just going to talk to you. Well, yeah, I have all your text messages and internet chats. Well, here it says you were going to do... Mm. Yeah, well, looks like uh, the tables have turned on Mr. Hansen. Oh. He had to turn himself into Connecticut for allegedly uh, bad checks. They bounced like yep. a basketball. He was uh, charged with larceny and issuing a bad check after uh, Stanford police said he failed to pay about $13,000 to promotional sales, LTD, which makes mugs, decals, shirts. You can also get those fine speakers with your logo printed on it, like we have here at the 511 Productions. We do have 511 Productions. It was a different company. I did not use promotional sales. I do believe I used what I think it was called... Uh, like sunshine sales or something. Sunshine. I don't know. The guy calls me up. He's he's a pretty good salesman. Does, no, he, say, he, starts, does he say good day? He said, hey, before you hang up on me. Sunshine. Would you like to hear a good joke? Because that was always it. He's like, hey, before you hang up on me, I know you want to hang up on me. But do you want to hear a joke? And, and then that usually, would, I'd be like this, ah, yeah, I do want to hear a joke. He's like, all right. So he'd tell me a joke. And if I got a joke, he's like, all right, now, now that I told you a joke, got to chuckle. You got to listen to my spiel. Then you can hang up on me. 
That was a good, a good call there. At least he was offering me something. He's like, I know you're going to hang up on me. I know you want to, but just let me tell you a joke real quick. Yeah. And it's you like. Remember Boiler Room when they did the cold calling and they, they get all mad at the, the new guys yep. that couldn't do it. And he's like, make them say yes. He's like, do you want to make a lot of money? Yes. Do you want to have a bigger house? Yes. Then put your trust in me. Like, <laughs> give me your money. Well, you know they what should I mean? not have trust Mr. Hansen because uh, he. Now, the thing on it is that this is the second time he's done it. Uh, he allegedly bounced a check and uh, made good on his promise. After that, he did it a second time. After he did it a second time for the thirteen thousand, I they think had to go you know, file on him. I think they ought to let him go. I think they ought to, they ought to dismiss this case, let him make payments, and be done with it. He's done so much to, uh, ex- he's done so much to draw attention to the predators out there and make society better. They ought to let him go. Well, he's probably making him. Remember, they had the guys on they, that too. They, they were like had the boss suits on. Oh, it was great. You know, they, it's just like you're free to leave and get tackled outside. Right. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So th- now that's a good now, one. About now, it. I did see stats. I don't have them on me. Where a number yeah, you, of those people got go. got released and got out because of entrapment yeah, down to different, different things, different yep. things to where they were they weren't charged. But you know what they were. They were all over TV. Their friends, their oh, neighbors. Yeah. Life's over. Know that you brought a bottle of well, vodka, McDonald's. Well, there's one McDonald's thing that I, that I see a lot of. And now, lube. If there's one thing I, I do see a lot of, I do think that... Uh, <laughs> Secret sauce. <laughs> I do think that, um, you know, when we put people like... When people are put on probation for these kind of crimes, oftentimes a, a substantial chunk of them, that is their rock bottom. And they get, you know, help, they get the counseling. And a lot of times on, on, on probation, they're, they're perfect. You know what's you know true? What I mean? You know, that is, that is most true, most true on child pornography cases. Yeah, I would say that. Because when you and, actually are going to go there, well, that, that's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's a big line. And look, I, did, we're going to go, we're going to take this on, not today, but we're going to take on the child pornography phenomena and prosecution and how those cases work their way through the system and what it really is, what it really isn't and what you think it is and what you think it ought to be and what it really is. You know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of myth around that. And, uh, I think, uh, we may have to take that on at some point, but most of the time when we have those cases, they are one and done. You get caught and you're just like, it's over. You're never going to do that again. And the most, not all of them, there, there are true. Oh, sure. Yeah. There are true. Uh, child pornographers and you know when I started they were always like photographers or like yeah what's what's your job it's like I'm a child photographer oh really and you would see those like once every six or seven years so that's even what they're like I interacting with the kids nobody. creating it I would trust nobody that and, said that to me I was like what was do you do time. I'm a child f- photographer and I'd be like this there was a time that even a buddy that's of like mine, being a mall Santa Claus dude it's yeah. like wait, e- wait, wait even wait. a high school buddy of mine there was a time when I was uh, <laughs> a man, uh, uh, probably in my 20s when those jobs were floating around where you could go, like, what's your job? Well, I'm, I'm a child photographer. And you would get sales commissions or do whatever. And, I, and I'm not saying most of it was probably totally innocent. But can you imagine that now? It's like, what's your job? I take, I go knock on doors, door to door, and I sell child photography. It's like people would be like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding? You're going to come in and do what? Oh, gosh. Anyway, off we go. Well, I got, I got to mention something because I'm excited about it. Something's coming to Polaris. Uh, the, the the Tesla's out and no. uh, the Shake 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 Shack Shake Shack Shake Shack's coming to Polaris. Never Shake Shack. Never had it. Never will. You won't eat it. It's not on my diet. Oh come on now. We can yeah. talk about. Well, it's yeah. not on diet. Well, I wouldn't, it does I wouldn't have say diet. diet. I bet there's a Shack. When people say that diet, have... that means that it's like, well, this is just a limited time thing that I'm on this diet for this. 
It's it's not in my new life. It doesn't fit my life I guarantee anymore. you they have keto uh, keto lettuce wrap burger. A lot of places do that now. Oh, it's a burger place. I thought it was a milkshake place. It does have milkshake. It is milkshake. It's milkshake like shake. Shake. Yeah. Well, you've heard of In-N-Out Burger, Steve? Yeah. That's like the big competitor. This is like New York. This is, this, yeah. this is East Coast In-N-Out. Yeah, yeah I got no. I don't West care. Coast, it's West. like a burger's a burger. I can make a burger at home. I don't care. What's your favorite burger in Columbus? That, that's the loaded question because there's different styles of burgers. But if I'm just going to go off the best Classic burger in Columbus. Classic American burger. Ted's Montana Grill. <laughs> Ted, yeah, you love Ted's. Mind. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, I, to me, it's if I'm just going to get a great, normal, classic burger, I, I think Five Guys does it right. No, I love Five Guys burgers. I yeah. think they're great burgers. I, you know, I, the, I, like, I like them. The the Red Robin, I think, does a good they job. Do, they the do. Good. I, I, had, like, I, I like the lettuce wrap Red burger. Robin does. Yeah. And they they had this one there, but I like the, the Smash Burger. It had two patties on there, yeah. and then it had bacon and bacon aioli, and, and I think yeah. it had some more bacon and on it. blue cheese. The black and blue cheese and bacon, and oh, yeah, it's good stuff. Those were good. But that guy that guy at Cleveland, Michael Simon, he's... Loved his B spot. It's closed down. Oh yeah, no. Um, we used to go there. It's right. It was right near our house. And uh, he went to. Uh, so he went to uh, Barley's here and had some sort of pierogi cheeseburger, and they said it was the best in Columbus. I was like, I've never even heard of it. So. All right. As you're planning your burger shopping, you can uh, put on lawyer talk. Extra, extra. Get in the news and get uh, updated while you do it. Throw the bun away. Throw the bun away. Uh, just a quick couple announcements. What's coming up? We got uh, the gun guy coming in. We're going to learn lots about guns, regulation, what you can, what you can't do, who you can shoot, who you can't shoot, and why you can shoot them. Uh, we're going to go through all that. If you want to build your own guns with a printer, we'll tell you how and uh, how to do it lawfully, that is. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about that. Some other stuff coming up. Great stuff in January, February. So stay tuned. And of course, extra, extra, hear all about it. We'll continue here at Lawyer Talk off the record, but on the air. Send in your stories. Yes. Send in the news articles. Yes. Make it on to Extra Extra. All right. One more quick announcement that Jeff has added to the <laughs> list of things that we've got to tell you about. This I like you guys too much. Is, uh, we do, in fact, take on stories that you want us to take on. We will talk about things that you want us to talk about, and we will give our expert analysis and critique of anything out there. That's what we do. That's why we do it. One more quick interruption. Snow, what's coming tomorrow? This is coming out today. Tomorrow they're saying it's coming. Be safe. I'm saying uh, that we're going to get about a quarter inch of ice and about two inches of snow. So what do you do? If you you have a vape need, stock up now. Go tonight. Come on down. They've been coming in, been piling in. All right. So OhioLegalDefense.com. Slash podcast slash. There's a slash at the end too. Yeah. So OhioLegalDefense.com slash podcast slash. Slash. That's the end. Or Facebook. Look look us up on Facebook. Facebook, Look us up on Instagram. Ohio Legal Defense. Thanks for listening. It's all there. So here we are. Lawyer talk. Extra, extra. Hear all about it off the record on the air, at least until now.